0: Sure, the Reds are going to run away with the Central Division, but I'm feeling increasingly sure that they're going to run away from the local team. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. The Pirates are back in action post-All-Star break. Tonight, 7.05 p.m., first pitch against the Giants at PNC Park. I'll be over there covering it. The full column for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Hope you can check that out, too. I was a writer way before I was doing this silliness. (laughs) The the re-entry into a Major League Baseball season following the break always seems to come with some combination of introspection and hope. And I'm not so sure that local fans are going to be interested really in either of those at the moment, unless I'm missing my gauge here. Introspection. Well, what would that mean? They started out 20-8. and Everybody thought it was the new era of, well, most everybody thought it was the new era of Pittsburgh baseball, and here they go, and And after 20 and 8, they go 21 and 41. So they were every bit as bad over the last two and a half months as they were in 2020, 2021, 2022. Nothing changed. What you have is one month that you can look at and go, what in the heck was that? You know, that's the outlier. That's the glaring, screaming. Sore thumb outlier. So then comes hope. You want to look ahead. If you're not looking ahead to a pennant race, if you're not looking ahead to chasing the Reds, if you're not looking ahead to capitalizing on what most people had thought, especially with the collapse of the Cardinals, it was gonna be a weak division. Maybe it isn't now. Maybe the Reds are really gonna become Ellie Dela Cruz and the, all the fairy tales combined into what they have going on over there right now. Maybe they'll slow down a little bit, too, but maybe not. Around here, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, Derek Shelton said publicly in Seattle, the All-Star game, that he expects to be using more younger players in the second half. Lots of different ways. Anyone can interpret that, but I'm going to keep Going back to something that I started telling you last fall, it wasn't very popular, it wasn't very well received, but, you know, whether you consider this a punt season, a deliberate punt season, or you just consider it an accurately assessed punt season, what 2023 was always going to be about to the people running baseball ops was just another step in the progression. They have been talking for a long time about 2024. Why? Well, that's kind of transparent. Maybe more obvious than it's ever been. When you see Henry Davis getting up here, you see Nick Gonzalez getting up here, you're going to see Andy Rodriguez before long. You're going to see Quinn Priester before long. And you add them into... Jack Swinski showing the way he has, it, it's unusual, but it's productive, meaning Jack. And the rest of the guys that they have on the team, and you say, okay, yeah, there's there's something there. There's some building blocks. For sure, by the time you get to the end of this season, you'll have a much clearer view of who's ready to be a part of this right away, who needs to go back down the way we've seen with Rowanzi Contreras, Luis Ortiz, a couple others. And then from there, what needs to be added? What's left for the augmentation process? Do you keep Carlos Santana? Do you keep G-Man Choi? Just randomly throwing names out here. You'll know a lot more about both the good and the bad. And you'll be able to make smarter decisions, theoretically here, toward legitimate contention as opposed to whatever it is that this season was going to bring if 20-8 and had meant like anything, meaning if they had just gone like 500 the rest of the way. They still would have finished 12 games over 500, which would have been outrageously successful coming off of losing 100 games. It would have been one of those things where you'd be digging through the record books. When was the last time a team lost a hundred and then finished twelve over? But they, of course, didn't do anything of the kind. And this is where they are. Eight and a half games behind the Reds, 41 and 49 overall. And what do you watch for? What do you what do you get into? Not not the people at one fifteen Federal. I'm talking about you. What's interesting? What's worth investing in the rest of this season? And that's what you come back to. You know, you come back to the the younger players, you come back to hoping that Henry Davis can get as hot again as he was when he first came up. Uh, he probably will. That's quite the talent there. You hope that Gonzalez can I mean I don't know that he's gonna stay around a nine hundred OPS for his entire rookie year, but You'd like to see that some of the specific indicators that he's shown will continue to play, hitting to all fields, hitting with some pop, hitting with significant pop on some occasions. You'd like to see those pitchers who got sent back return, ideally stronger than they were. You'd like to see O'Neill Cruz come back, even if he's, you know, not. His full and best self, and I can't imagine how that would be the case. Just come back. Get on the field. You know, get that uh, get that sense of what that's like again, you know, to be O'Neal Cruz. Get Indy up here. Get Indy up here swinging. You know, getting on base, hitting with some pop, going gap to gap, all the stuff that he does. Get the offense feeling like it's something. Make it Andy Haynes-proof. These are the things you want to look for, and they're going to be a lot more important than whether or not some Ryan Borucki comes in in the eighth inning and blows a big lead or stuff like that. It's not going to be as much about the wins and losses. It's going to be, uh, you know, the same stuff you've been watching for 40 years, I guess, for the better part of them anyway. When we come back, J1Q... And it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Stephen Petrilli, who asks, Can Rwanzi Contreras go to the same guy who fixed up Mitch Keller this coming offseason? To retell the, the thing that Mitch went through, Stephen, you have to first describe that what, what this actually was was a pitching lab in North Carolina where there's a lot of different people involved. It's not a guy. It's not a guru. It's more of a, a system with a lot of machinery, a lot of advanced uh, analytics involving biomechanics. You go through pitching, and they tell you exactly what you're doing in every little millimeter of your delivery, your release point, uh, how you're letting the ball go, how you're tunneling one pitch versus the next. Tunneling, for those of you who don't know, means the ball comes out of your hand as a fastball. You want the first few feet of that to look to the batter a lot like your other pitches. Otherwise, the batter picks up too soon, whether you're throwing a fastball or change-up slider, whatever it is. You want to have pitches that look similar, that you can throw back-to-back and kind of keep the batter's eye unsettled. So Mitch went there, and the goal that was achieved, whether or not it was the goal at the outset, And that's not something that Mitch has acknowledged. He didn't go to this thing looking to throw 100 miles an hour, but he ended up doing that. And Mitch, as I remember telling you vividly, by the time he got to Bradenton in the spring of 2022, he was a B- M-O-C, Big Mitch on campus. He was strutting around. He was feeling it. Yeah, he's the guy with the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. And everybody was talking about it. All the hitters. You seen Mitch yet? You seen Mitch? Ooh, here comes Mitch. And you're waiting for, like, Grease Lightning to play or something as he comes into the clubhouse. That wasn't a sensei rediscovering Mitch. Mitch threw hard, and if you'll remember, Stephen, it didn't result in much of anything. He threw hard when he got to Pittsburgh in April and early May, and he was just a disaster all over again. He needed to learn how to pitch. He needed to get other weapons into his arsenal. But Mitch will tell you himself that he got his swagger back at that facility. Now, Rwanzi was taken to one of these facilities about a month ago when the team was up in Seattle. I was up there covering them, and it wasn't anything that the Pirates announced or whatever. It was Oscar Marine, a couple other guys, and Rwanzi went to a well-known pitching lab up there, and they looked at him, and they tried to figure out why he's not throwing as hard as he used to. Or anywhere close to it. He's six, seven miles an hour down. And he's not unequivocally not injured. And they did all the work and they did the, all the biomechanics and hooked up his body to the machines and everything else and studied every little thing that he was doing. And the answer that they came up with was they had no idea. None whatsoever. Pitching is an inexact science. They seem to be convinced as I've been told, that there's something that's slowing down his delivery, they're not 100% sure when and where that's occurring because there are also occasions when it's not happening. So what's leading to the loss of the fastball and to the loss of the velocity and thus spin rate and everything else on the slider? Both of which are why he's getting clocked everywhere he goes. I don't know. I don't know. What I do like in an uncomfortable kind of way, considering that I really admire this kid. I've gotten to know him. Is the team's decision yesterday to send Rwanzi to transfer his options, the technical term, from Indianapolis to the Florida Complex League. That, of course, is in Bradenton for the Pirates. And let him just Get out of the spotlight, get out of the field of competition, whether that's in Pittsburgh, whether that's in Indy, and just focus on fixing whatever it is that's wrong. Take him away from the lights is the way some baseball people will term a move like this. Uh, Here's hoping it works uh, for the team also for this good young man I appreciate the question I appreciate everyone who's listened to Daily Shot of Pirates all week long looking forward to actual ball resuming tonight let's do this again Monday